0: Welcome to Getting My Cheese Back on My Cracker. I am Ashley Nicole.
1: And I'm Paige Benjamin of Travels.
0: Thank you for joining us today as we have another great discussion on different aspects of mental health in our community coming right up after work from our sponsors. Hey, it's Ashley Nicole. I appreciate y'all for listening, and hopefully, you're all getting, keeping your cheeses on your crackers. I'm dropping in on this episode to give you some goodies. Have you been wanting to get into the podcast game and don't know where to start? I got you, I have answers. If you haven't already heard about Anchor by Spotify, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor has everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Let me say it again, um, in case you missed it. Everything that you need to make a podcast is conveniently in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Free 99. Zero dollars, zero dollars So, go ahead Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started now. I can't wait to listen to your podcast too. During this conversation, uh, we want to discuss, uh, we want to move to the discussion of the age gap. Many uh, millennials and younger generations are straying away from traditional religion. Um, What are some of the reasons that you all believe that younger generations are seeking means of alternatives to traditional religion? Um, how do you think the acceptance of spirituality um, has caused a separation from traditional religion?
2: Well, church hurt is real. I think um, I think a lot of I think a, but I think a lot of us grew up. Well, for me, I grew up in a small church here in Houston, and that's all I knew. And it was it was my home. That's my family. And it wasn't until I went to college and I went to another church and I was like wow, you know, like this church, church, like this not just shouting, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like this is like, I'm, I'm able to understand what, you know, what they're saying and, and be able to apply it. Now, my home church is part of the reason why I am who I am today, right? But the churches that I went to once I left Houston are the ones that matured me. So for one, I think a lot of us grew up in, in churches that just, we, you, we weren't getting anything out of it. Mm-hmm. It was all a show. Um, the second biggest reason I think for me is uh, we don't see, a, we see the church as being very passive. So when it comes to issues like social justice or, or anything like that, the church takes a very passive role and we are we are real rowdy generation. So we we want action, we want, you know, we want plans, we want strategies, and we don't see a lot of that from the church. We just see the we pray, we're all God's children, let's forgive, which are biblical principles, right? But there's no acknowledgement of the world that we're living in today. I don't see a lot of that from a lot of churches.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, i like to add, too, when I think about the, um, you know, millennials, we're talking about opting out of traditional religion and spirituality. I think in our generation, it, a big piece we can't overlook is social media. Um, I think, you know, social media was not prevalent when, you know, in the generation before us, um, more into traditional religion, because now, you know, everything about the church, everything about the pastor, everything is more public. You know, if the pastor in the early 90s had a shortcoming and a shortfall, it wasn't on everybody's timeline like it is now. So our generation, we're watching your Instagram, we're watching Facebook, we're seeing different things that come out. And um, I believe that is a contributor um, because, you know, you have one spiritual leader that have a moral failure. And now you have a whole demographic who follows digitally saying you know what, if that's how they do or if that's how it is in church, I don't want i don't want any part of it. I'd rather just have my own, you know, relationship or I pray or I can talk to God or whomever I connect with spiritually, you know, on my own. So I think that is definitely a contributor in our generation uh, with millennials that has widened that gap. I'm, I, I don't think it opened it, but it definitely did widen the gap. That's
2: a good point.
1: I can't hear you, Rev. If you're talking.
4: Oh, No. I was just saying that was an excellent <laughs> point. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, no, so, that was an excellent point. Um, uh, of course, you know, I'm I'm thinking about um. The gap being that um. The millennials were just they weren't there, and when they did go, um. They, they felt a sense that this, this comes from me dealing with millennials every day. Mm. They actually felt that the church just was wouldn't receive them. They, they didn't feel, they didn't feel loved. They didn't feel welcome in the church. It was too much, you know, too much shenanigans what they call it, <laughs> okay, too okay. much shenanigans. And um, that, uh, when they got there, because they wasn't welcome, they, they just didn't feel, they, they didn't feel comfortable being there. And as a result, we do know as reports um, Pew Foundation and the many reports the research that I'm doing is that, you know, um, the pews are empty. Their seats are literally empty. And yet the question is, what is the church doing to bring them back in? into the church and which brings me to my research and having um, a non parish ministry, uh, it brings them in here to talk to me and to be open and to be very transparent about, they need practical religion. They need you to connect with whatever is going on with them, be it, you know, mental illness, relationship, um, you name it, they, they just need to be able to talk up. They don't need to looking at what they're wearing. And I always, I always said here, I'm here not to tell you to pull your pants back up. But if I get you to Jesus, you're going to pull them back up on your own. Okay. <laughs> I just need to get you there. All right. I need to get you there. once I get you there, you know, my, that's, that's my assignment and I don't step over my boundaries. And so, um. The concern now, given our present state with um, the pandemic, the church is now looking at bringing people back in, mm-hmm. and so the millennials are saying, "Well, they wasn't having any, you know, having us on the agenda to bring us back in before the pandemic. So certainly, we don't we know there is no hope for us right now. So they don't really see any hope." going you know going into the church however I do have cohorts and colleagues that are working in the traditional church and looking at bringing those um millennials back into the church and so it's an ongoing process the gap is is still very wide Um, we're not sure it's going to take meetings of the minds of the traditional church denomination the different congregations to come together which is again a part of my research I need to we need to come together to talk about what are you doing to bring them back there you know God does not intend to leave anybody behind that's why Jesus hasn't come back yet would you agree pastor over there yes yes uh, yes, he yes, back yet yes. he's not going to leave nobody behind I said now whatever it's going to take I'm going to do what has to be done but you know, I, I'll choose who I'm gonna choose and he's chosen us. I raised my hand and I didn't get to pick and choose. And so um, as a result of that, we just have to, we have to work along with, I, I know that I do, I have to work with my research along with the churches to give me, you know, we, I, I need your input. For me and this non parish, I need the input of the millennials. It has to be a new tradition written. We have to have new knowledge, you know. My soul is tied to this. So y'all got one here. I'm here and I'm mm-hmm. going, I, I can I can roll with you on this. I've been, I've been around a while. So I can do this, you know. Paige will tell you Paige has experience with me. So I can hang out for seven hours. Now the traditional church can't handle that. <laughs> they can't handle that. But, Look, I can do, we can do fine when Paige will tell you when he first met me and he, it took Paige a while when he first met me and he'll tell you the story of meeting me at the Honda dealership, which is, that's part of my ministry. I meet people where they are and they're in the marketplace, you know, and it took Paige about a year before he came to the bookstore. And then when Paige came to the bookstore. He stayed here for over four hours. It might have been five hours. And suddenly, Paige looked up and said, oh, Rev, I think I have to go home because I'm <laughs> hungry. <laughs> he realized. <laughs> he, he, had, he, he was so in it that he's like, oh, no, I think I must go home because I think I'm hungry now. But you know, when the Holy Ghost comes, would you agree, Pastor? Oh, yeah. When the Holy Ghost okay. shows up, you don't have no appetite at that point. you. <laughs> you know, That's right. all the good. You know prayer stuff. You have no appetite when the Holy Ghost comes in. That's it. You know, it's, the Holy right. Spirit is in. It takes control, and you and you lose sight of time. So, um, and I'm and I think that's a
1: good. I think that's a good point, right? So there's two things here that I would like to unpack. Um, time, right? and in, in a traditional church, right? Um, you have to make an appointment with the pastor if you can get to the pastor to have a one-on-one in which it's a grab and dab type of scenario, um, depending on the size of your church. And, and I think what Rep does so well is she provides guidance, um, she provides time, she provides affection, she provides word in, in mass in just the conversation that you can understand, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And i think a lot of times the millennials want someone i'm not gonna lie the millennials are a a generation of attention right we need somebody we need a one-on-one we need facetime you know what i mean i want to be able to talk to my pastor reach out to my pastor and have a conversation with him telling him what i'm going through how i'm feeling um because imagine you had that conversation with your pastor when you first started feeling these signs of anxiety and depression, right, you would have felt a different way. The church actually cares, Mm -hmm. right? And I think what is not always possible in a traditional church is that one-to-one relationship, right? And that's why there are deacons, that's why there are ministers to kind of help spread that. But do you guys feel as though that that is something that the church has a capacity to do, right? Do do you think there's that capacity to provide that one-on-one to give people that the comfort to feel as though that they are cared for, you know, outside of just your general sermons?
3: I'll I'll jump in on that one. I think that when when you talk about capacity and the, the time and attention, I think that if the body, the congregation as a whole and the individuals who make it up see themselves as as ministers and they don't have to feel like they went to seminary and i'm a licensed and ordained minister but they know that as long as you carry the word you have therapeutic power in your word then we will have the capacity because it's it's definitely unrealistic to Think that the local pastor can give one on one, FaceTime, attention to deal with everybody's anxiety, depression, mental health issues, because he's going to be the number one person with the mental health issue. Um, but then, if we could see ourselves individually uh, as ministers, I can be that for a brother, or our queen can be that for a sister, we could be that for one another uh, with that one on one relationship. Um, that's why you see now there's a lot of churches that are moving to more of a small group concept, so that in smaller pockets, people can get that type of therapeutic relational care that helps with their mental health and spiritual growth. Um, Because traditionally, it was, you can just catch the pastor, or you can just catch one of the deacons or the ministers, but they don't have the wingspan to provide that relational nutrients that um, is so needed, especially, like you said, in the need attention generation. of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good.
2: I, um, so my mom actually end up leaving our small church and she came over to higher D and um, that's even now is one of the biggest things, hurdles for her to get over as she's moving into a more, um, a bigger church right our church is really small i can call my pastor you know now or my old pastor whatever i could call him now if i wanted to right so moving to a larger congregation where you don't feel like you have um that reach and one of the things she said she's like what if i don't show up to church in like three sundays nobody's gonna call me i'm like well if you if you were to get into one of those small groups or get into ministry right then you somebody would would call you. So I think there's also a level of us understanding that pastors are people too. Mm-hmm. Right. And like 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 Terrell said, realistically, right? The pastor is not able to give every single person one-on-one, but there are um strategies and plans for some churches that have been put into place for you to be in those small groups in those ministries so you can have that um that connection.
1: Okay. So my, the second part of what I was going to ask is, the millennials are also of the age of information, mm-hmm. and um, one thing you can't do is question the book, good book, <laughs> right? Um, how do you feel as though that that's part of what separates the millennials from the church? Because as information becomes available and You know people are finding themselves towards spirituality right there are what's to be perceived as constant contradictions to the bible right you know um what are your thoughts on um the information that is being taught as word versus how a lot of millennials are coming back to kind of challenge that do you feel that that's also another reason that they're spreading away from traditional church.
2: Absolutely. Like if you look at the Bible just from worldly with quotation mark eyes, I mean, you see a lot of sexism, you see a lot of homophobia, you see a lot of these things and uh, um and unfortunately, if you go to some churches that is how it's taught. Um and and it's really for me I
1: so and real quick, real quick, real quick. I do mean to interrupt. Are these the same ones with the choir director and the music director yeah. and, <laughs> and, and the people road. within the choir? And the, right, okay, just checking. Just checking. Yeah. Just checking. Yeah.
2: And the robes and, and all of that. And and that's the kind of church that I I grew up in, right? And And I think a lot of millennials grew up in that church and we were in church. Monday for Bible study, Wednesday for Mama Choir rehearsal, Thursday for Deacon meeting, because Daddy was a deacon, Friday for my Bible study, right? So we we were engrossed with that. So when we were able to get out on our own, it was like, listen, it's too many rules. Even now, if I go to church in the country where my my mom is from, I'm like, do I gotta wear stockings? I gotta wear a dress. Mm. I'm not for that. You know, I'm gonna put, you know, but um but it's really, it comes back to like, that's what we grew up with. So there's a level of rebellion that's saying, I'm not, I don't, I don't believe those things, right? I was forced in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a way to go to church and hear those things. And now that I can make choices on my own, I'm making the choice to not believe those things. So it, it, it's a level of that's what was taught. And there's a rebellion against it. I will say that now, like I the I have to ask God and the Holy Spirit like to be with me and reveal to me when I am reading the Bible. Because there are some passages that I read and I'd be like, God, I know you didn't intend to talk to women like that. Mm-hmm. I need you to reveal to me what, what are the what are the times of that passage, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who is that passage speaking to? And mm-hmm. a lot of us have never been taught how to read the Bible. That's right. So if you don't know how to truly read the Bible, you're just, and then a lot of us were just given a scripture. We just know the scriptures, but we don't know the passage before it or after it, right? So we were never truly taught how to read the Bible. So then you are susceptible to believe whatever it is that you read on Google, because you can find anything. And I'm gonna Google this. And this person said that this scripture means this, this, and this without truly, truly allowing God to speak to you as you're reading the scripture and reading the entire book and understanding mm. the background. A lot of that was missing when we were learning about God. So it's like we have to learn all over again.
3: Wow. That, Wow. That's rich, Queen. Um, I'm thinking about that information question you posed. With us being, having information at our fingertips and instantly you can get a million pages with a Google search, it's easily for our generation of millennials to make Google their God, where Mm -hmm. instead of saying, Holy Spirit, you know, show me this, we can get on the keyboard and Google it and just look for it and research it you know, and just have the information right at our disposal. Um, you know, even now, like New Age preachers, I mean, our generation, millennials, you know, we can get right on on, on Google and, you know, what does 1 Corinthians and such and such mean? You know, back then, that wasn't even a, a, a possibility. So a lot of the people are more reliant on the church and the pastor for revelation. You know, where the scripture says, how can they hear unless they have a pastor? Well, now, they're like, I'll just ask Google what does, you know, what did, what did he mean in, in Genesis, you know, when he said this, this, and that. And now you have all this data at your fingertips, and we're left to our own understanding and interpretation to try to get a revelation of what that, what that means. So I definitely can see how, you know, the information age and having that readily available can even widen the gap with millennials and feeling like they need to have a pastor belong to a local church. get information about the word of god
0: and it's
2: really dependent on like the seo optimization of the website about what you see first right so if the first thing i click on is not really aligning with the word of god and i don't know the word of god i'm gonna believe that Mm -hmm. right and depending on what it says it could totally turn you away from the church
0: Mm -hmm. right
4: Yes, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting. I'm, 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 I'm sucking it all in. This is my research in front of me. <laughs> and, and I'm just so grateful that I'm like, I'm sitting here, I'm praying you guys, I'm praying. Mm-hmm. Like, Thank you. I'm in a prayer of thanksgiving right now because wow. this is the stuff that I have to, I, I need. This is the real data. This is the data that I have to use to be able to have these conversations to do this dissertation. And these are real live and then living color concerns and issues that are still very prevalent today because we're talking about things that used to be that are very much still happening right now, which the gap is supposed to be coming together yet the gap seems to be going so much further apart. The spirit is still um, willing, uh-huh. the flesh is not, but the <laughs> spirit will still do what it's going to do, yet it's still a challenge that we must work through. To f- we, we have to figure it out. That's what I have to say. We must figure out what do we do. We have to start, think big and start small. We have to start somewhere. We have to start in smaller groups um, when you think about the big congregation, it has something has to be available. Cafe Word bookstore is available for a gathering place for millennials, but not just for millennials, because it's a bookstore and it's open to anyone who passes here. So it's an opportunity for, you know, all of God's people to come in. But, you know, we're looking at we're, we're looking at religion and we're looking at spirituality and that spirituality, the spiritual part is that internal part. And even if you go online, you know, the, the Lord is still looking, you know, the Lord is still there, but it is available for other things to come in. You know, like you're saying, when you look online, you don't know what you're getting, you know, your first, first tap. And so that's where that brings us back to, you have to be prayerful when you go online, but what about those people that are not prayerful and they don't know how to pray and they are seekers, they're looking and they don't know where to go next. So it is up to us to start. We we just have to have some focus groups to figure out what do we do next?
1: Um, so I actually have one more thing to ask and I'm going to throw a wrench in this. Um, we have a subset of the millennial generation that is conscious, right? Um, and Queen know exactly where I'm going with this, right? Um, you know, if we go back far enough, um, religion was brought to certain areas, um, as a means to control, as a means to um, take you away from tradition, um, that is something that is becoming more and more prevalent amongst the millennials, realizing that the true traditions are those of the tribes of particular African, um, uh, countries of the, um, indigenous people of Latin America and the United States, um, that is also something that is starting to spark a conversation about is religion really um, something that is? is I'm not sure how to put it best but is religion really what it is that we need right um, I think everyone has a a need to believe in something like faith doesn't necessarily equate to religion faith in 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 some stances is in the belief in something strong enough that it can manifest great things in your life right it's like speaking things into the ether and expecting and willing it to work um what are your thoughts on um this new woke right and i'm just using woke very loosely here right Mm -hmm. but what are your thoughts on how religion is being challenged on a different level right it's it's not word for word from the bible doesn't mean anything but the fact that it's the it's the tool of the colonizer right to take us away from who we once were that's a good
2: question that's a really good question the the woke community um a, a, a lot of people are woke from like one post in like one youtube one one youtube (laughs) video and but i think when we get down to the root of it it goes back to some of that like like church hurt right like people are seeking and they're seeking to sometimes get away from what they were what they learned and a lot of times we don't understand that what we learned were the religious practices but not necessarily the relationship with god Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with, you know, we don't, sometimes we just don't understand that God is, is what we need. Some of those religious practices is what we need to get, a, get away from. Also, um, I, the, when I think of the church's role in this, we were brought up to not challenge the word. Mm-hmm. And now that it's being challenged, I don't think the, the church knows how to answer to that or how to accept that right and how to respond to that so we're not responding to it and and losing a lot of people Mm
0: -hmm.
2: but for me because I get a lot of people perceive that I'm woke like whatever that means um you know and I get a lot of questions about how can you be a Christian and how can you do this and I'm like to be honest with you I can just tell you my story and I know that I grew up leaning on the God, like the God that my mother knew. And when I started to learn about God for myself, that's when I truly started to see God for myself. Mm-hmm. So it's really just a matter of me being transparent about my story, being transparent about my mental illness, and saying God still loves me. You know, this is not a God of shame, right. which a lot of people see. This is not, you know, that God, but just really. Really being a light, being non-judgmental, which we don't see a lot, um, and truly hoping to transform people from my story. But but yeah, and but I also think of the church's role and just this passive role that the church plays, and it's not helping. <laughs> it's not helping at all. As and and as more people seek to be connected to. Um, to our ancestors and, and things of that nature, they are experimenting with a lot of things. And that's so scary to me sometimes because it's like, I believe that those things are real, you know, and, and we, we you just never know what you're getting into. Um, so I just, you know, I always just, I'm not I'm not gonna discourage anybody from doing that, but also being the, like, just be careful Make sure you're doing your own research the same way that i had to learn about god for myself right mm-hmm. um but yeah it's that's that's a touchy one and i i do get it a lot i get it a lot but you know i don't know i don't know if i answered the question
1: <laughs> no it's that's it's it's the thing is it's for you to answer it how you feel so uh right. we're gonna go to pastor terrell and sheila and Reverend sheila you guys if you guys want to weigh in on this Um,
3: I guess when you were just kind of talking about, um, being woke and, you know, I guess from my context, I'm kind of thinking about, um, you know, we're in our generation, people are more open to new age philosophies new age, uh, theology, um, you know, things like the law of attraction and, you know, um, the, just those different things where, you know, in church, like if you say you know, if you don't use the word God, you use the word universe is, is like shunned upon. Um, Like, you know, I read, I read books like The Magic of Believing by Clark Bristol, you know, Um, so our generation, we're in, we open up and, you know, we kind of read different things, but I think it's, you got to find that, you know, I read those things, um, a lot of the self-help kind of new age philosophy, but you find God in it, you know, in your own beliefs, but some some kind of tip over you know it just kind of tip the scale can be the the line can be so thin where you know you lose God and just say you know as long as I you know think positive thoughts and I I can attract those things into my life through the laws of attraction and all those different types of things um so I think that our generation kind of open like Queen said you can tip into those things and if you're not grounded and centered in then it's kind of easy for you to just kind of lean more straight that way versus now you stray way away from the local church, um, you know, just kind of going into some of those new age philosophies and the ideologies.
4: Yeah. Well, I don't think that, um, I don't think that God made a mistake when he created millennials <laughs> for such a time as this that this is your appointed time to be here. You are here to have that sense of consciousness and um, curiosity and get ready because Gen Z's are going to show y'all something, okay? I I have a 16 year old grandson and let me tell you, y'all gonna have to, you know, Pump up your game, you know, step up. You you have to lift up the standards here because they are not playing. They say, now, if y'all don't get it right, they're going to handle the business for y'all. Y'all going to take your elder states, sit back and watch the show, okay? (laughs) So I'm saying that to say that certainly I know that God did not make a mistake when he created millennials that you do have An appointed time here. You are next in line for spiritual leadership, political Mm. leadership, whatever the leadership is that God has gifted you to walk into. But the very major point that I heard Queen talk about was relationship. And that's what I teach here. I'm gonna lead you to Christ. And if I can lead you into that relationship, you can look at anything you wanna look at because you're, you're gonna seek you first, the kingdom of God. I gotta lead you there though. I gotta get you there. And once you get in that relationship, nothing is going to separate you from it because it's so amazing. And once you get there, you'll know, you'll know where your boundaries are. You, mm-hmm. And you're probably, I'm gonna be very honest and be very transparent. You probably tip right on over and then he'll lift you back over, you know, <laughs> you back and let you go in there. Like, okay, you want to go in? Go right on in. Like, I'll lift you back up and he'll bring you back on. And he said, I'll forgive you, you know, because he's a forgiving God. Cause we talking about Jesus here, you know? He, yeah. God is a forgiving God. He knows that he didn't give you that curiosity for you to sit on. Him. That's where the mental illness will come in. You sit on that curiosity, you're going to really be in another world somewhere. So, When I look at mental illness and religion, and I I just see it from a practical standpoint because I look like the whole world right now is going through mental illness. Mm. The entire world is going through mental illness and there must be a healing that has to take place on the land. Jesus, we got to go through that healing of the land again. And that means everybody's going to be included. Nobody's going to be left out. Nobody's going to be left behind. But it's a process. And what do I always say, um, Paige, we have to trust the process and outlive the experience. And the experience is wonderful. And we can't say that, you know, we don't want it because you can say that all you want, you're going to have it as long as you live, you're going to have the experience. Mm.